Hey there, fellow pickers. My name is Mike. And I'm Jen. And we are quickly becoming experts in Tupperware. Absolutely. We're on episode number 32 today. And we're going to be talking about, we're going to be discussing how long is too long to hold on to your eBay inventory or just your inventory in general. But as you guys can see, uh, we're in a little different setup this time, trying something new. We got some new equipment. So I appreciate everybody listening because it really helps support the channel. All right, so Jen, do you have some uh, sales updates for us today? When we were unpacking things, we noticed that there were some pie-shaped containers that were wedges that would be cute for Thanksgiving. And so when we listed those, I did it two different ways. I listed them in groupings of seven and then in groupings of two or three. The smaller groupings sold really fast. And when I sold the last one, I meant to take the the package that that had seven in it and I meant to bust it up but I forgot oops I didn't write it down I meant to break them up and but just time got away from me and it actually just sold uh so the very last set of seven sold and that netted out to be $34.08 of profit which pushed put me a little under my goal on those particular items I had hoped to sell them for five dollars or more each once all of the fees and things had been taken out but I guess $4.86 each is is pretty close to $5. Um, That's pretty close to what we paid for them, though. What? No. We have to make $2, at least $2 profit on each one of these things to, to break even. I don't know why you would think that. Because <laughs> we had 500 pieces of Tupperware. We paid $1,900 for it. That's $2 profit. If there's five only 500 pieces... And it's two dollars profit for us to just break even. Well, but we already know that there's more than <laughs> five hundred pieces of Tupperware. We think already, that there's more than five hundred pieces of Already in the 400s <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but still, you're right. That is horrible profit margin for those things. But they, I mean, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't like you low priced those. No, they were priced competitively, and uh, between five dollars and six dollars each would be a good price um, to net out for those. And so, you know, it came in a little under when I sold the package of seven as one um, full price listing, though the person did pay full price for it. It's just that it was a promoted listing. And so um, a lot of fees got taken out. So um, my estimate was a little off for it, but it did sit at that price point for quite some time. So I feel okay about it. And I really wish we had more of those little pie containers. Yeah, to sell. <laughs> you know, those pie containers and the ice cream containers, the ice cream making container. Yeah. I liked those. And I also liked one that was really cute. I was bummed that it sold when I saw it come up over my phone. I didn't know you had listed it or that we even had it, but it was the Tupperware Piece O Pie Cake Slicer and Serve Triangle Cutter. Mm -hmm. This thing looks really cool. Like you just stick it in the pie and it pulls out a slice for you. Yeah. You just push it straight down and then pull out a slice. Um, I thought I only had one of those. And then I got to digging and I found one more in the garage. So it is currently still listed in our store. I thought for sure that thing would go before Thanksgiving. Yeah, but especially for Thanksgiving. It's still out there for Christmas if anybody wants to pick it up. <laughs> it's neat. So, you know, I haven't voiced this to you, but you've come to me a couple of times and you're like, oh, I want to keep one of these things. <laughs> I want to keep this thing. She just, she just literally came in and said, oh, I just sold these two little scooper spoons that I really wanted. But to be honest with you, I wanted a couple of these pieces yeah. to myself. They, I love Tupperware. It's so cool. We have some really neat ones. And... Along the way, I have only been tempted a few times to keep something, but we don't really have the, a need for any of these items. No. I guess if I come across the thing that I truly do need, then I would 
pause to consider it for a few days to see if it's right. if it's keepable. But so far, I've listed everything. But yeah, occasionally I get sad when I see that something has sold. <laughs> exactly. What else did you sell? What else have you been selling? You know, Christmas things are starting to be really hot right now. Um, things for the holidays started picking up a couple of weeks ago, you know, in anticipation of Thanksgiving. But now specifically Christmas things are starting to sell. Uh, we had a cookie candy dish, kind of a container uh, that gave us a profit of $10.34. Just one little tiny container, $10, $10 in profit. And then... Um, we had a cute little uh, Santa sleeping Christmas mug that was plastic, and it had a little lid that you could use as a coaster, and it sold for $14.12 of profit. So we're really starting to see those pick up. And on the non-Tupperware front, I happened to be walking back from the post office one day, and I noticed a free pile in our um, area, and I stopped to see what was in it, and there were three brand new little stuffed cabbage patch kids that were dressed up like elves and i picked them up because i couldn't believe that they were in the free pile um and so i took them home i inspected them they are in perfect condition so i listed them and the very next day we had a pretty reasonable offer given it was an item that i picked up out of a free pile and um, but we're still just waiting for that person to pay so far they haven't paid yet and so i'm hoping that that one flushes out in the next couple days <laughs> Yep. eBay is still not making the buyers pay when they uh, make an offer on something and you accept it right away, which really sucks because it puts your inventory on hold forever. Yeah. That's cool. I love those free piles. I was kind of nervous when you got them out of that free pile because the free pile was another reseller that we know that lives on our street. So I was like, well, if they're dumping their inventory, I don't know if they're going to sell, but they sold pretty quick. I mean, they were Cabbage Patch kids that were dressed up like cute little Christmas elves. Like, how are those? We don't have any money in them. So I just figured if um, they didn't sell that, I would wrap them in the Toys for Tots bin or save them for a Christmas operation shoebox yep. for next year. So Exactly. All right. Those are great updates. Sales updates. I love seeing them, obviously, being a reseller. So what we're talking about today, today we're going to be talking about inventory management. Now, this topic is very subjective because... It depends on how much space you have. It depends on how much inventory you have. Depends on how much you paid for the stuff. Cause you know, if you're paying 20 bucks for something and just because it's not selling, it's not exactly the best practice to throw something like that away or donate it to a donating pile. So we're gonna kind of go on over some of the, some of the topics that we're talking about and give you some of the ideas about what to do with your inventory and what the different scenarios are, when you should let it go, when you should let it sit, whatever it is. So number one, Jen, you got number one. Our number one is to track your sales data. So we keep track um, with an inventory of everything that we take in and everything that we have posted, which means we know exactly how long it has been listed for. And so that just helps us to notice patterns of what things might be selling well, like right now Christmas things are selling well. And it also helps us to make informed decisions about any offers that we receive along the way and when we can, you know, just in theory know when to discount our inventory if it's time to kind of just let it go. Yep, exactly. I'm uh, kind of a data nerd, so I've been trying my hardest not to dive into all the data on the Tupperware but I love data. So tracking your sales data is a good key. We we're just talking to some other friends of ours last night and he's uh, he, he's kind of got a special niche of what he does, but now I was asking him the same questions. It's like, you should, you've turned over enough inventory by now that you should know, 
kind of what your sales data is and and prices that you can price and like how many actually because he builds something so it's how many actual units that he can build and not like have a back back stock of inventory so that's really key for some of your sales data all right so mine is you want to evaluate the conditions of your items you know if you have if you have junky items and and i'm going to tell on myself a little bit here but because i have early early on when i first started buying inventory i bought this little fisher price toy that i knew that was in bad shape and i tried to clean it up i and i did clean it up quite a bit but it's just sat and it sat and it sat and i think we have it marked down to like as low as i can go on that thing without giving it away so you know if this thing is is too damaged and it's got some views on it don't get me wrong it's not like it's just been sitting there but if it's just in too poor of condition, you just need to know when it's actually time to let it go and maybe donate it. Or, you know, I think one of our other tips is later on in the show is to be giving it or selling it at a yard sale. So that might be an option too. But my first one is just consider the condition of your item and and, and don't be attached to it if it's in really, really bad shape. Consider the seasonality of your items. Um, some items are really popular at certain times of the year. For example, holiday decorations are more likely to sell right before the holiday season. So if you have items that are out of season, you may want to consider holding on to them and waiting to list them until the demand increases. That way that they're not just sitting at the bottom or you want to end those listings and start them over again prior to the holiday season so that they kind of get like a little refresh and a little bump up into the feed for people. So like do a sell similar if it's been yeah. sitting in your stock over summer? Yeah, you just in that item, just in the listing, and then it'll put it into an unsold area. And then all you have to do is click on it. You just check, go back through and check to make sure that you haven't left off something that maybe is what's causing it to not be bought. Um, I had reviewed a couple of pieces that I did this with and I noticed, oh, I, I left something out, you know? And so maybe that was what caused it to not sell well. But um, then you just look through the whole thing and then you just publish it again and it it refreshes it makes it a new listing though with caution you do lose any watchers that you may have had on that item unless they find you again that's fine i think in a, another episode an earlier episode we talked about doing sell similar mm -hmm. was a good option because it it takes all that like historical data off and it lists it lists it just like it's a fresh new item, which like you said, it gets rid of the, the watchers, but it puts it back at the top of the feed. For sure. Cool. Good stuff. Seasonality. I know Carl used to give me a hard time because I would uh, put uh, Santa's. I love Christmas stuff. And so like last year I had a ton of Christmas stuff and I think we still have some Christmas stuff in our inventory. So we might want to go back, go back and look at that stuff and do a sell similar and get it back up to the top of the page. All right. So my next one is and it's a big one. We had to consider this when we bought the Tupperware and it's consider the cost of storage. So we're really lucky and I was willing to give up. Uh, we have a, a really small two car garage. It's really, really small, but I would almost even consider it a one car garage. It's pretty darn small. And I love to build stuff in my garage. So I knew that when we bought this Tupperware that I was going to have to give up some of that space. And we luckily had enough space to store the Tupperware and to work on it and all that stuff. But if we didn't, there was consideration of adding on to the cost of this Tupperware because we're gonna have to get a storage unit. And that adds like having to go to the storage unit. And if somebody wants 
another picture or any kind of questions on your items. And then, you know, it's just, it's so much easier just to walk out to the garage and work on stuff rather than having to schedule time to go to your storage unit, open it up, get all the stuff out, get what you need, do what you're going to do, and then, and then close everything back up. But, you know, storage units aren't cheap. You got to, you have to factor in that cost into your items also. So like if you have a thousand pieces, you have to, you have to figure out the, the cost of the storage unit and then divide that by the pieces that you have to get a, like a per piece cost on that storage unit. For every month that you have it. Yeah. For every month that you have it, you know, if you have, I, I mean, it's just kind of self-explanatory. You don't, you want to keep your overhead low and a storage unit is another overhead cost. So. I'm glad that we decided not to go with that option. I know that you had to sacrifice quite a bit of garage space <laughs> to make this happen. But I will let you know that we have been making tremendous progress through the boxes. I think I got, I crushed, I think six or seven of those boxes in the last like week or two. So we are making progress and getting them listed and getting them restowed into like proper totes. And those cardboard boxes are starting to go away. <laughs> so how many card, I haven't been out there lately. How many cardboard boxes are left? Oh, I haven't counted. I just know that I sent out. Just a guess. Five, ten. Oh, at least 20 or so, probably. 20 boxes Maybe. still left. Yeah, there's quite a few. Man. But I would just, you know, I, we, I put six or seven out to get rained on because I saw a TikTok trend that said that if you let cardboard boxes get rained on and you leave them for a little bit, they're easier to put in your recycle bin. And it worked like a charm. And so I was out there smashing six or seven of those suckers and getting them shoved into our recycling bin just this past trash day great so now i'm gonna get a nasty note from my trash man that says your trash can was too heavy <laughs> no i'm just no. kidding there's no way it, there's no way it's gonna make it too heavy all right oh and by the way we're out of town on trash day so the trash didn't go out so we're full again oh no i know uh-oh okay all right okay so all right we covered storage costs and then what about your next one my next one is being willing to negotiate. If you have an item that's been sitting in your inventory for a while, and that is subjective, you have to determine what a while is, you may be willing to negotiate on that price. Uh, this can help you move your item and help recoup some of your investment. I say that we just go with the gut feeling negotiation process more than a very you know, by the, by the spreadsheet process. I just, um, I usually just sort of listen to my intuition on when it's time to, to take a lower price or, um, I'm usually willing to negotiate by at least a small amount, but you know, some of those people who send, um, really low ball offers, uh, there've been a few that I have been very hesitant to take. <laughs> right. And there's a couple of things with negotiating also, because, if you take too low of a cost, then you're going to throw all the comps off for that item. And so like, I think best practices is like a couple of things you've listed and within a couple of hours they've sold yeah. for like full price or, and then, you know, we've only been listing these, this Tupperware for probably two months now, I think. And so if they've been, they haven't been sitting that long. So there's really no reason why we should be taking low ball offers because if it's inventory that's moving, I mean, people are interested in it. They're starting to follow our store. They're getting to know us. They know we have Tupperware and they know we have uh, vintage Tupperware. So I think willing to negotiate in my terms, it would be 
for stuff that has sat for a really long time. I'm willing to go way down on my price or on some of the stuff like that I picked up at state sales, like some of the sports or fishing or hunting stuff. Like I knew I had it priced high. I had it priced almost as brand new stuff. And so coming down was fine with me because I knew that I only paid, you know, dollars for some of that stuff and I'm selling it for $30, $40. So, but we don't want to bring down the comps. That's bad for the rest of the rebuilding eBay, eBay reselling community. For sure. And I will say that when I have a pile of things that need to go to the post office, anyhow, and someone submits an offer to me right before I'm about ready to leave the house is when it usually is a pretty um, good time for me to consider taking another sale because I'm going anyhow. So no. if someone does a, a fairly decent offer right when I'm no. about to go to the post office, I'll almost always take it for one more sale because I'm going anyhow, I might as well. And, you know, to lose the sale over, you know, just a dollar or two, I'm, I'm probably not going to. I'm probably just going to have a little lower sale we have very different opinions on what to take stuff <laughs> we do indeed <laughs> but you know mostly it's for me to do so it works out okay i'm glad you handle this one because we are making a ton of money on this tupperware it's crazy it's going pretty well yeah yep i love it all right so my next one is don't be afraid to get rid of dead weight so if you have items that you're that you know that you're not going to sell like i have uh a whole encyclopedia of the book of life that is taking up a massive space on my shelf. And I know it's not going to sell, man. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to donate it or I'm going to burn it. I burn a lot of stuff in our, in our backyard fire pit. So I'm just going to use it as scrap, you know, because it's not buying, it's got mold on it. They're not in the best shape. So I can go back to our other point too, is, you know, it's in bad shape, but I, when I first started reselling, I didn't want to give up anything. So I didn't want to give up these books. I've been holding on to them. So I think I'm finally ready to do it. So, you know, when you're holding on to stuff, you could be potentially paying for extra storage area and it's just wasting your time and it's wasting money just sitting there. So it's just not worth your while. Especially when we factor in that we now have a product we know is selling uh, that could be in that space in our storage area. So you know, of quite a few times we end up selling something. It has been there for a long time. It takes just the right person to come along. And sometimes when those sales come through, I go, I just marvel. Like, I can't believe it finally sold. I didn't think that it would, you know. So you don't want to just, you know, be impatient waiting on an item. Um, but sometimes it is, you know, it is better for the, your bottom line. Like, I would rather have another empty tote. Um, to store Tupperware in, which I know is moving. So um, that'll be one of the items we look to probably move here soon. And I will also add in that I, it never fails. It, it has happened multiple times. I've sent out an offer on an item um, where eBay lets you submit offers to people who are watchers and I'll lower the price by a dollar or two to try to attract a sale. And I've started pricing sort of with that in mind as well. Um, and then I'll look down and I'll look back up and it has sold for to at full price to someone else, someone new. We have had, it happened several times where I've extended offers and then it has ended up selling for a full price, which always just makes me kind of happy. Next step is be patient. Next step is be patient. Selling your inventory can take time, so just be patient. Don't get discouraged if you don't see results immediately. Just keep listing 
your items, promoting them and tracking your data. And eventually you will start to see sales. And I've noticed that when I start to have sales, I have more sales. They seem to go in waves. So when I haven't had a sale in a while, then we finally get one. I feel like all of a sudden we get multiple sales, which is just really fun. It's I told Mike the other day when he was working, I said, it's it's a little like fishing. It's more fun when you're catching fish. <laughs> and so reselling is a lot more fun when you're selling items. <laughs> so just be patient and wait for it to come. It will. It is. And, you know, Carl, when we met him in Salt Lake City, he gave me a bunch of his stuff that he was going to donate. And we keep selling his stuff. So I know. We just sold one of Carl's things yesterday, actually. Yep. <laughs> he is so impatient on his stuff. But he's really good at the stuff that he does know. So when he gets the stuff that's just sitting there, and he doesn't have a lot of space to hold on to his inventory, but that guy makes a ton of money. It's crazy. So I love it. As we're sitting here, I'm looking at my I, my watch is going off. We're making all kinds of stuff for ourselves. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> that's crazy. I'm like, who is texting us? And it's sale after sale after sale. Well, that's encouraging. That means yep. I'll have a busy Monday. <laughs> making money while we're sitting here and recording the podcast. Now is the it. time to send me an offer. <laughs> yeah. Send I'm, going, offers over. I'm going to the post office anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. So my next one is use a repricing tool. So repri repricing tools can help you keep your listings competitive and increase your chance of selling your items. These tools can automatically adjust your prices based on market conditions and competitor pricing. So I don't want to take a lot of time diving into these repricing tools, but if you would like me to give, uh, do a whole subject or a whole topic on repricing tools, we can do that. Just let me know in the comments below or hit us up over on Instagram and let me know. Or you can also email us at pickerspodcast at gmail.com. Really easy to remember. And we can talk about repricing tools. There's a couple of topics that we want to do is like repricing tools and also cross-listing tools. There's a bunch of them out there. If you're into cross-listing, and we we stick to eBay because we seem to be selling the most on eBay, which are we just we we're not selling on anywhere else. We're just selling on eBay because we are selling a lot on eBay and we don't need to go into cross-listing. In the past, I have sold on Mercari, which was. You know, I was just selling my own personal items and it was pretty easy. It, it felt a lot like eBay. Um, so I wouldn't be opposed to moving some of the things to Mercari that were especially vintage. Um, they seem to do really well on Mercari. So maybe it's a different, you know, different group of people shopping. So could be worth looking into one day. <laughs> well, when our, when our inventory starts getting stale and we don't and we're slowing down on the sales of the top war. Then we can maybe cross list over to Mercari. Right. But yeah. Right that would now, be anytime soon. Oh. <laughs> we, we, we honestly don't even know what's in the rest of the 20 boxes that are out there. So we're just, Jen's just listing them as she's unboxing and we're just going from the front to the back. So that's how it's working. I set aside a certain amount of time to work most days. And lately I've spent a big majority of that picking the items, um, packaging the items, shipping the items, running the items to the post office or FedEx or whatnot. And um, so lately it's been hard to get my own personal goal of items listed each day. Um, I've, I've just been busy. So I can't imagine adding another one right now, but maybe in the future. Right, exactly. All right, so the last one we have for you all is promote your listings. So take advantage of social media. You already have social media. You probably have, you probably have more followers and friends than you actually know. 
So just taking that, copying that link and pasting it over onto your Facebook page. You don't have to have a store. Just paste the link of the item that you're selling. And that's an automatic, that's promoting your listing. So whatever kind of social medias that you have or other channels that you can pr promote your listings, go ahead and use that. You can, you know, EBA has a very wide audience, but promoting them on those other places can give you a much wider reach. So take advantage of that stuff that you're going and it can generate, uh, some people might not even know that you have an eBay store and it might generate conversations or just that they could be like, oh, what else do you have over there? I didn't know you're a reseller. What do you have going on? Yeah. So I like that stuff. All right. That's about it. What we have for you all. And uh, we just want to thank you all for listening. And if you can go on over to Apple podcast and drop us a review over there, we've got a couple new ones and I'm saving them for a special episode, but, uh, we really appreciate you guys doing that because it kind of bumps us up into the ratings and the podcast is actually really taking off. It's kind of crazy. So we're really excited and encouraged that you are, are liking the content that we're providing. Now there's been a couple of comments where it's, they haven't liked our content so much, but there's always going to be people that are giving us that feedback and, and that's fine. We're so, not for everyone. It's okay. No, we're not for everyone. And we're enjoyed, enjoying doing this as we're doing it. It's not like it's killing us to do it. But you can follow us also over on our social medias. I've really been spending a lot of time on X lately. And that's at, it's at Podcast Pickers because Pickers Podcast is taken over there. But you can find us over there. You can find us on Instagram at Pickers Podcast. And then you can also find our little shorts and full length the video podcasts over on YouTube at Pickers Podcast. So go ahead and join us over there. All right. So it is time for our Tupperware update. Are you ready to hear the 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 totals that we have going on? I like the total that you have there, but it's it's even more. It's probably Oh, it's not, even more there. It's not accurate as of today. Yeah. So the time today. at the time of prepping for this episode was which was just last night. Mm -hmm. Uh, our costs or our totals are, so y'all know, or if you're a new listener, we paid $1,900. So it's $1,000 for what we thought was $500 or 500 items of Tupperware. And it cost us $900 to go down to LA and pick it up. So we're all in $1,900 for this Tupperware. As of to date, or as of last night, we are netted. So that's after eBay fees and all that kind of stuff. We netted $1,554.69. So that is up from $901.54 from our last episode. So two weeks ago. That is uh that means that we have $345.31 left to go to break even. It's gonna happen in no time. I can feel it. <laughs> I know. It's right around the corner. It's coming. How are we gonna celebrate? We haven't talked about that. Yeah, I don't know. How are we gonna celebrate <laughs> breaking even? We'll actually make some money. Maybe we'll spend some money. <laughs> make some money? I love making some money. Make some money, spend some money. <laughs> All right. So if you guys have any suggestions on how we should celebrate breaking even on our Tub War score, let us know in the comments below. So that means that we've sold, we've sold 98 listings. So some of those have been, been individual and a lot of them Jen has bundled together, mm -hmm. which made sense. Cause I think that you got uh, better sales out of it by bundling some of that stuff together. So no heart, no hard feelings there. And that is 39 listings up from two weeks ago. So in two weeks we've sold 39 listings. That's yeah. pretty incredible. I haven't been a busy gal packing stuff up. <laughs> yeah. And when you think about it, 
So we started up our store about three or four weeks ago. So that could be a contributing factor to it. And we also have, you've been listing absolutely consistently every single day and we're top rated seller and people are they're getting the word out about our store. So and we also have quite a few repeat buyers. Do we have a lot of repeat buyers? Yeah. I was going to look at what the stats were on the repeat buyers. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We have several people coming back for more. Nice. Awesome. I like, we have been really gracious with a lot of people who have been kind of needy, I think <laughs> is the best yeah. way to put it. But they've been fantastic customers. They've paid their great communications. and But they've just, they've been a lot of work, you know, as, as far as messaging and going back and forth with each other and just being patient on them. So that leaves us with our net profit is $15.86 per transaction. So that is not bad at all. I like that number. So if you remember, we we're talking earlier in the episode that we need at least $2 yeah. or $4 to break even. So, I mean, yeah, it was $2 if we bought it. Well, we, we still don't know how many pieces we have. We'll, we'll find out one of these days and we'll know for sure. But yeah, it was, No, it was $2. I don't know where I got $4 from, but it was $2 <laughs> to break even on each piece. So I forgive you for selling those pie things for only $5 profit. <laughs> I mean, we can only sell for things. We can only sell things for what the market will, will bear out. Um, and, you know, we do want to keep things moving um there are a lot of people who have a lot of this old stock tupperware and it's priced really high and they're probably just not moving very much of it uh, they're having to wait yeah until the person comes along so and we know that our stuff isn't priced too low because some of those other competitors i, I hate to call them competitors because we're all in this together but some of those other stores are reaching out to us to buy our stock and they're even asking us to go down a price and we're like no, you know, other people have this for this price and they're like, well, I just can't pay that much. I'm like, okay. That's fair. So that kind of tells me that we are really competitive. And at the end of the day, whatever you're comfortable selling something for, as long as you're happy with it and the buyer's happy with it, no matter what the profit is or whatever it is, I think that you should be okay with what's going on out there for sure. with what you get. Okay, so no trivia this week, but we will follow up in two weeks with an awesome trivia. Awesome. All right, that's about it. So I hope you guys have a wonderful week. And what you got for us? All right, fellow pickers, go find your own treasures one story at a time. And remember, it's not reselling if you're donating all of your inventory.